2: Numbers told the story, they always do. This is a numbers
3: game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics.
1: Hour number two of a numbers game at VSEN, the Sports Betting Network, VSEN.com, the VSEN F, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube, TV, all brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. I got distracted, Jeff. It's one of these screens. 30 for 30, Shark, Greg Norman, and the collapse of 96. The famous Masters, where he led, the, he led going into the final round. Six stroke lead over Nick Faldo and. It was watching the slowest death ever. Just the whole, you're like, oh, he's so losing this. And at the end, instead of Nick Faldo rejoicing, he just gives him a hug. Just gave him a hug. One of the most human things ever. It's like, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. Sort of thing. Looking forward to that. By the way, another great documentary. Uh, Crack mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Bad Vegan, have you watched that yet? I have not. I have not
3: Partially because uh my uh my fiance Margaret uh-huh. whole, uh when I was hosting hosting bed center one night, uh binged it all on her own. Oh, I hate when they do that. So but God forbid you do it to them, right? So oh no, I'm guilty of doing I'm that. To, I'm i I'm be, guilty of doing that to as well. Trying to put a as Kev, wedge. Kev, Kev Kev is uh <laughs> enjoying it in the corner here, but Kev, I'm trying to put a wedge in between. <laughs> I shouldn't do that.
1: <laughs> but uh but but gill uh, that is on the list yeah uh,
3: I, I will watch that in the near future
1: it's it's there's a gambling element to it as crack said so it's 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 a it's fascinating what a story that is uh bad vegan get high recommendation on that and then um i gotta watch more of the lakers uh the lakers show the winning time because i'm only like in the second episode it's it's awesome
3: it's entertaining, even though I will say uh, last night uh, for the first time, because they em- have embellished things. Oh. Uh, they really embellished some stuff last oh, okay. night. Okay. All right. So, what was
1: that episode six? Seven. Seven, maybe? Okay. Six or seven. I don't remember. I got to catch up on that. <laughs> that's a, that's so relatable that she went ahead and binged it on her own. My girl does that all the time. I'm like, are you serious? You watched it all on your own? Did you? Oh, interesting. I wonder what would have if I had done that. Huh. huh. I'm looking at the uh, 2017 NBA draft. Markel Fultz won to the Sixers. Remember that? Lonzo Ball, two. Jason Tatum, three. That was that whole Danny Ainge manipulation trade, remember? And, uh, Boston yeah,
3: Boston had the first pick. Philly traded up. Ended you know. up taking completely the wrong guy. And the Celtics uh, ended up doing okay there, Gil.
1: What a draft. Like uh, 13, Donovan Mitchell. 14, Bam Adebayo. 22, Jared Allen. Man, you look back at some of these drafts, the mistakes that are made. How about the uh, Knicks at eight going uh, Nick, Nick middle, middle Keena? Yeah. Yeah. Skip well, back. there there were a lot
3: of – well, it's funny always looking back at this. Like Aaron Fox at number five. Like De'Aaron Fox is a really good player that right. no one ever thinks about because he plays in Sacramento.
1: Yeah. Dennis Smith Jr. to the Mavs at nine. Zach Collins, the Kings Zach, Coll- 10. Zach Collins over over Bam. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, God. The NBA draft, we'll get there eventually, later in the summer, but obviously taking a backseat to the NFL draft. You have no NFL draft bets to this point. I have nothing.
3: It, it just, it kind of goes back to your point before, well, two points. A, the offerings are limited here, mm-hmm. for one, and two, this just, in, in the past, you at least have a sense of things that you're pretty confident in happening. The only thing that I feel good about would be Green Bay taking a wide receiver with their first pick, but the problem with that is after the Devonte Adams trade, <laughs> yeah. they now have 22 and 28. But stopping
1: Green Bay from doing something that's not a wide receiver
3: at 22 and then taking him at 28 and you lose.
1: That's right. That's that's the issue. By the way, Sammy Watkins going to Green Bay didn't move your needle. Uh, big time, big time deal. But, yeah. but that's 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 absolutely the rub on on a lot of this. A lot of these teams, again, eight a quarter of the league has two picks, and that does throw in a monkey wrench to a lot of this because one would think it will either precipitate trades, or you're right, it's the well, who do they draft where? The example I always use in in baseball in 2009, the were they the Anaheim Angels at the time? I can never remember what they were. Oh at that nine, moment. yeah, I think they were the LA Angels, the LA Angels, of Angels Anaheim at then. that point. LA Angels of Anaheim yeah. at that point they had the 24th and the 25th picks in the draft. I believe those were the two numbers they had. And they went with my guy Randall Gritchick at 24 and Mike Trout at 25. So again, just as an example of how you have no idea the order of events, and with a lot of these teams, with some of these teams that have, of the eight teams that have multiple picks, they're close enough to each other that they could take weird approaches to all of that. So it is a funky draft, which is again why I get back to of all the years, not to post drafts and volume, draft props in volume everywhere. Um, strange year for it not to happen because I have no confidence that I'll win on these this year. The first year ever, I hope to, but we'll see. I will say, just looking back at it
3: last week, and we had Eric Eager on with us. I forget if it was Wednesday or he's, Thursday. He's oppo me on a lot. We zapo you on a lot. But the one thing I wish I would have done, yeah. because it, the only thing that seems to be at least in the betting markets, it's getting steamed. And even just in some mocks, we're starting to see him go higher and higher. Was taking a shot at a big bloated number on Jamison Williams to be the first wide receiver taken. Mm-hmm. That was the one thing looking back on it that I probably should have taken when the five to when it was apparent that it was going to keep going down. There was still some five to one after our show
1: that day. Okay, but here's here's the thing, like. Could he get picked as the first wideout? Sure. Like when I watch college football, my eyes tell me there's nobody better. <laughs> there's nobody better, right? I also say that about Chris Olave, that doesn't mean that he's going to get picked, you know, as the first wideout. But if it wasn't Jameson, you wouldn't be shocked at all as the first wide receiver. And by the way, Aiden Hutchinson at Bet MGM Nevada, Aiden Hutchinson is now down to minus 175. Yep. That's nationwide. Yep. As the number one pick in the draft. So now we're seeing something that was like locked in stone, basically, as far as draft props go, locked in stone for the last month as fait accompli, that he would be the guy going number one. Now there's some doubt about that, that he would go number one. Trayvon Walker being the guy that that apparently would be the alternative.
3: Just talking from a football sense, forget the betting for a second. Mm -hmm. If you're taking Trayvon Walker at number one, what are we doing here? Well, does Doug Peterson want an offensive player or
1: not? I don't know. And, and and that's the thing about the top of that draft. So if if it's not, let's say, it, if it is Aiden Hutchinson, you still don't know what the Lions are doing at two. Are they really going to draft Malik Willis at number two? Is this really going to happen? And again, then if, and then if they don't draft Aiden Hutchinson, what then? Does that completely change what the Lions do? And they they'd obviously want to take Aiden Hutchinson right as a Michigan kid. You would think, but again, Gil, just
3: this it, this just proves again our kind of our point here. Yes. Why this is. In the past, you've had a re- even we've known even, even in 2020, yes. you had a good sense of what would happen there. I agree. And this draft is just a, it's a lot tougher. And again, I think just seeing Trayvon Walker, of course, out of Georgia, moving all the way up from I think was the sixth guy, seventh guy listed in the first overall pick. Odds about six weeks ago is now plus 140
1: at BetMGM. I still really go back to so so that's why I keep leaning on the the Daniel Jeremiah th- comment of. If you're looking for something to base your drafts in a otherwise very hazy draft in something that's much more nebulous than all other NFL drafts in the previous five years, let's say 10 days out from the first round, I look for something concrete to latch onto. And it really is that comment. Like it's the, it's the comment of this league is so passer oriented now that the Teams going nuts on quarterbacks in the first round, as I've always said, somewhat justifiably, right, because you're nothing without a quarterback, has never been more pronounced because it is a quarterback league. And so even with a bad group of quarterbacks, do we really think only two are going to go in the first round? Because I see some, by the way, there's way too many mockers now, too. Can we just say that? Some yes, there are, there are way too many mock drafts. I don't agree with you on that. There's, there's, so a couple things have happened. There's, there's like way too many people who have mock drafts. There was a guy on ESPN the other day. He thinks two, two quarterbacks go in the top 10 and that the third doesn't go till 40-something in the second round. All right, maybe. You read one the other day where you had three in the top five. Come on. That involved trades. So there's way too many mock drafts. And you know what? The the guy who has the most reliable mock drafts, Daniel Jeremiah, feels to me like he has decided to do as few iterations of his mock drafts as possible. He hasn't had one since March 22nd. he got to have one more, right? And whatever he puts out in between now and the draft, these markets are going to go crazy. Whatever he puts out. All it takes is for one little quirk. Maybe he puts a wide receiver as the first wide receiver that we didn't expect. Who knows what he'll have at the top of the draft? Who knows what he'll have between Gardner and Stingley? But he seems to be, and I might, I might be wrong about this, maybe he only always puts out three. But it seems to me like I'm waiting for his next one. I've been waiting a long time now. But he's got to have one more, I would think, between now and the draft. What am I going to go on mine, Jeff? Let's flash up mine again. Six six picks here. What's my final record on these? Am I even going to go 500? I don't even know if I will. You'll win the bottom
3: two. Thank you. Win the bottom two. Lose the top one. Still think Sauce is going to go ahead of Stingley. All right. Gil, I wouldn't be shocked if you're pushing out that three and that six. I might push them both. So Total safety. That, that I don't. That... Why is that plus 188? I'm surprised it's plus 188, but... I couldn't believe that number. Yeah, I, I would, I would imagine that the bottom half of your graphic is where your success is going to come. On this, I think you're going to push out one at least one of those two of the the wide receivers and quarterbacks.
1: Total number of safeties in first round under one and a half was plus one eighty eight. I The only, the only that. thing
3: you have to be careful of, and we kind of we talked about this a little bit last year yeah. as well, Gill, is just what book is regist- what, what are they? Re- what players are being registered as just defensive backs, and what guys are being registered as safeties. So <laughs> get
1: Kazarian on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, here's the thing, though. It's like, but I, I still get to the point of last year Washington. Again, I'll use this example because they're my they're a team I grew up on. They drafted Jamin Davis with I believe the 19th, or was it the 17th pick? I can't remember what pick it was. Jamin Davis turned out to be just an outside linebacker. Like you can't pick outside linebackers or safeties in the first round. You just it, it doesn't have the impact. You can't do that. So for two teams to go with the safety, come on. I don't see that happening. Can't believe that price. Coming back, we do have tennis picks, by the way, as well on the show. One for today, one for tomorrow already. Paul Sporer next on Major League Baseball. How about them Giants next? Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network. Back on a numbers game. It's Gil Alexander, still to come, Preston Johnson, to join us to talk about uh, how his life has gone to the stratosphere. He's also got some NBA thoughts as well. Looking forward to that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk some baseball, though. A gentleman who was up all night, I'm sure, playing MLB The Show at twitch.tv slash You can also find him as the host of the Sleeper of the Bus podcast and all his stuff at Fangraphs. It's the great, and I do mean the great, Paul Spore. How you doing, Paulie? morning Gail, i'm well how are you Doing very well you look very wide awake i expected you to just have been uh awakened from your
4: slumber as they say no S- sunday night uh took the night off oh, okay. so i wasn't even streaming uh, It went went pretty ham i went about uh i think 26 hours uh the first two days of the weekend so all right figured i would uh take a night off
1: i got a lot to uh uh, that's allowed, by the way. We, I got a lot to ask you about here. One, I look at the Major League Baseball standings. Oh, Paul, I know it's only <laughs> been nine games, and yeah. there I look and I see, whew, what do you know? The two best teams once again, the Dodgers and the Giants, both seven and two. And I look at the Giants. By the way, they were they were five zero and two in their last exhibition games or Grapefruit League games, whatever we're calling them these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I, I, I look at the. These are the last. This is after the first game of the regular season. This, these are the run totals that the Giants have held their opponents to. You ready for this? Here we go. Uh, whether you're ready or not, I'm like, here we go. 2-2-4-2-1-1-2-1. Uh, <laughs> two, 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 one, one, two, one. Amazing. And it's... It's amazing. Yeah, listen. It's it's Logan Webb and it's Carlos Rodon who are great. Mm-hmm. And then it's this, okay, we have Discofani, we have Cobb, but Gabe Kapler knows how to manage those two, right? Like, he's like, okay, we'll get four out of you. We'll get five out of you. We'll pull you, that kind of thing. And I guess the first question is I'm getting to a point here about this series coming up between the Giants and the Mets, which, as Jeff just said, is a, ma- <laughs> it's a massive early season series. Is this, like, do you think that this Giants team, obviously way too early, you know, to, to make full pronouncements, but is there any reason to believe that they're not going to be a playoff team this year?
4: I mean, it's hard to see why they wouldn't be, right? Like the pitching's there again. Obviously, it comes down to health. They've kind of started to uh, become the team that will take kind of a more distressed asset in terms of health profile and see if they can maximize it, understanding that the talent is worth the health risk uh, because health is so unpredictable year to year. And look what they've done with it so far. You know, Desclafani and, and Wood last year, Rodon and Cobb so far this year. Of course, they need to stay upright, but the way that they manage things as such a cohesive unit. You talk about how Gabe Kapler knows how to press the right buttons. Mm-hmm. That's part of being, uh, you know, a, a manager that works well with his front office too, right? This is all a cohesive unit. There is no inner turmoil of like, I want to make my guys go seven, but the front office only wants me to make them go five. Everyone's on the same page here, top to bottom. That includes the hitting, too, with all the platoons. All the hitters know, hey, you might only hit against one side. You go out and do your best against that side. We're all working toward the same goal here. So it's that it's that big tug of war where everyone is really pulling uh, on the giant side there. You don't have anybody that's not pulling their weight and that's why they're such a good team. And I was a little bit surprised that the, uh, the odds makers had them for like 85 or, you know, high, mid to high 80s wins after the 107 last year. Sure, you don't put them for triple digits, but I'm surprised nothing started with a nine there on, on the uh, on the wins props. So here here's the part that's tripping us out. And
1: Jeff pointed this out. <laughs> Jeff pointed this out, out off air, which is great. So tonight it's Cobb and McGill, right? Mm-hmm. Cobb went a grand total of five innings last time he was uh, on the hill. McGill's been great for the Mets. The total is six and a half. Paul, like this used to be a number where, like, in a postseason game between like Lincecum and Oswalt, we would exactly. see we would see a six and a half, and we'd be like, oh my God, the books don't want to bring it down much lower than that. My God, right? We're getting now an April 18th game between Cobb and McGill at six and a half. It should be pointed out tomorrow night, Logan Webb is going up against Max Scherzer. If this is a six and a half, what the hell is that going to be?
4: Exactly, like it's crazy, and I think part of it is maybe that uh, that offense is a bit stifled right now too. You go look across the league, you're seeing a bunch of lower numbers. It's probably not terribly surprising. You know, you get cold weather in April. Pitchers usually maybe a little bit ahead of the hitters, despite uh, even the shortened spring. I think that might still be the case. And then you got two quality hitters here with with Cobb and McGill or uh, pitchers, excuse me. But I agree with you and pointing out like, hey. You know, if Cobbling goes five, obviously that's a lot of, of weight on the bullpen and McGill's like a five six right now, too. They're not necessarily pushing him seven, eight or anything like that. Hardly anyone even gets pushed that. So yeah, he's gone five and five and a third for McGill. So I like both those guys, but that that's a really, really low number there for a regular season game that doesn't involve any aces and spare me Twitter. Tyler McGill's not an ace yet. I love him too, <laughs> but right. uh, he yeah. is not an ace yet. Yeah, Kirk, the so mates. yeah, it is. It's a wildly low number.
1: So so Jeff, I'm bringing it. So give me give me what you think the total is going to be on Webb Scherzer, and then the night after that, Rodon and Bassett. What are the totals on those two?
3: I mean, if this is six and a half, we saw five and a half once last year. If memory serves me correct. One of those games is going to be five and a half, right? Tomorrow, Especially if tonight goes, has to be
1: five and a half, doesn't? it? If this is yeah. six yeah. and a half,
3: yeah, I would say tomorrow's probably five and a half, and then Wednesday six.
1: That'd and, be my guess. And five and a half a half's an auto over.
4: I, I think on Absolutely. principle, right? I don't yes. care who's pitching. That's yeah. right. Auto over. All right, then what It's about- just one of those things that you know you can lose that one game, but you you see that every time. It's a it's a long term thing. In any given, you know, it's like the poker thing. You can lose that one hand, but you see five and a half. That's an auto over. Guarantee.
1: Auto over. Absolutely. Okay, and let's go to the Yankees now for a second. Because mm-hmm. they're so so the Yankees, ten games this year, thirty runs scored, and this comes to mind because they got shut out by the Orioles yesterday. Ow. Um you know, competitive division so far, Yankees supposed to be near the top of the division by any mm. preseason uh, standard or any preseason predictions, it's something to be alarmed about with because the bottom of that order is not scaring anybody. That's for sure.
4: Yeah. And that, that part is true. You know, I'm actually still surprised that they came into the season with IKF as their are starting shortstop. I consistently pushed against that. Uh, after that trade, I just didn't think there'd be any way that that That'd be their guy. I understand his defensive value, but you don't usually see the Yankees going with a, a defense only sort of uh, sort of positioning at shortstop there. They usually want one of the uh one of the better guys, but you don't put Glaber there. He just doesn't have the defense and LeMay, who can't really do it. So IKF is the dude. But yeah, I'm not too worried about the offense not uh, sputtering a bit if anything the pitching has picked up the slack because they've only allowed 29 runs in that same exact time they got a plus one run differential they wasted that badass start by nasty Nestor unfortunately I love Nestor Cortez out there slinging it from the left side at uh, 89 90 but all in all I think they have a lot of the same issues that they did last year ton of swing and miss slow so those double plays are probably going to be there again this year but the overall team makeup is still made to score runs. I still think that they're going to be better than three runs per game. Not too worried about it based on the slow start. And they will make moves too, I believe, whether it's bringing up guys like an Oswald Peraza or making trades. There's still moves to be made for this Yankees team. I like that you went IKF on Isaiah Connor Falefa. IKF. IKF. Oh, by
1: the way, I forgot it was Patriots
4: Day in Boston. They already started That's the right. Twins in the Red Sox game.
1: Twins up two to nothing.
4: Already two nothing on Rich Hill. I'm sure he's screaming up a storm. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he is. It was Kyle uh, Garlic
1: home run, like everyone. Garlic. Had. Yes, I had Garlic hitting a homer today. Of course, Kyle Garlic. Uh, by the way, Byron Buxton only out a week. Thank goodness. It looks like.
4: I hope. I hope that holds up. Yeah. And you know we don't get. Uh, oh, you know it's it's a little bit longer than whatever. But yeah. it's so so scary, right? Like he's always putting himself in harm's in way on, on defense. This one was just a slide, though, and you saw how frustrated he was. I really hope it's not much. I really, really love Byron Bucks, and it's so fun to watch him. And we just, as baseball fans, we deserve like 140-plus games. Yes,
1: we do. My God, Weingarten immediately texted me. He's like, Achilles or not? I'm like, not an Achilles. He's walking off too nicely. Yeah. Not an Achilles. He,
4: he looked too yeah. clean walking off that it didn't seem like it was going to be too crazy. Yeah. All right. Do you like anything then today? Any 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 picks that you have on this late? Well, we got a Colorado game and we got Philly going out there. So, of course, you're going to look at that uh, as far as DFS goes. As far as games go, I'll tell you one that I'm kind of interested in. And this is a little bit of a hunch play based on, uh, you know, I don't want to go too hard on the slow start because it is just nine games. But Houston's offense is not really cooking right Mm -hmm. now. I'm a big Michael Lorenzen fan. I like their offense to support them against Luis Garcia, even though I like him as well. It will not be an easy one, but I like the Angels as a dog. They're a road dog. It's a little bit more of a gut feel than a, than a math based play, but I really do Michael, like Michael Lorenzen. I think I would find myself on that underdog side that, uh, tonight with the Angels at Houston.
1: Where did you stand on Joe Madden walking Corey Seeger with the bases loaded up three
4: to two the other night? Truly insane. Like just indefensively insane. You really only do that with guys that are that are transcendent type players. Like two guys on his own team, maybe Trout or Otani, just trying to outsmart the room type of deal. And like I don't mind Joe Madden quite as much as maybe fans of the teams that he's coached do: uh, the Rays, Cubs, and Angels. But that stuff like that, like like the lineup stuff, I like to poke fun at. I made I made fun of the Matt Duffy batting four. But that's inconsequential. It really is lineups. But walking Seager like that was terrible, though. No
1: no one likes Corey Seager more than I do. And even I was like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing?
4: It does not, this just doesn't need to be done. Just makes no sense.
1: You haven't even played 10 games this year. You're like, you're walking <laughs> Seager to, to score a 40, by the way. didn't come back in and haunt the Angels. Can I keep you talking DFS right after the break? Of course. Paul Spore coming back on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
0: Gil Alexander
2: on VSIN, the sports
1: betting network. The NFL draft is right here in Las Vegas. We'll have extensive coverage, including mock drafts from Matt Humans. Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM, will give his draft analysis. VSIN host Mike Pritchard, who was a first round pick at Sean King, Super Bowl winning champ, will give you insight on who you can bet on. And of course, the great Brent Musburger. He'll give his draft best bets in our NFL draft betting guide. Sign up today to get full access to VSIN through the NFL draft for only $19 at vsin.com slash spring Crawley town one nil lead here we go Preston's gonna be in a good mood I don't even think Preston is paying attention that's how like he has so much on his plate right now that I wonder if he's even watching the game itself we'll find out for Preston Johnson coming up uh later just a soaring life story which we can't wait to uh talk to him about get an update from him we have him on every once in a while to uh find out what's doing in his glorious life uh, Paul Spore joins us once again from FanGraphs. Paul, let me just ask you real quick about Roki Sasaki. Yes. Yes. So for those who who missed this, Roki Sasaki uh, is a 20-year-old pitcher. He's nicknamed the Monster of the Rewa, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays for the uh, the Lotte Marines of the Nippon Professional Baseball League in Japan. And he threw a perfect game, and then he followed up the perfect game with eight perfect innings. And. <laughs> is that good? It's pretty good. It's pretty good, I'm told. Uh, before taking, before getting taken out of the game, before the ninth inning by his manager, uh, Tadahiro Iguchi, and he recorded, Sasaki did, 14 strikeouts on 102 pitches, including striking out the, st- uh, the side in the eighth inning, his last inning before taking out with a 101-mile-per-hour fastball, he finished the outing having retired 52 consecutive batters. Which sets uh, that league's record. Remember, the MLB record for that is 46 consecutive batters. By of all people, use Petit. We all uh, Mm -hmm. we all have bet on and against Petit back in the day. And so, I just sort of ask you: like, when you hear this kind of story, do you immediately think to yourself, "My God, what would they? Who who can get the right? Like, how would this look in a major league
4: baseball uniform? Like, it is it's tantalizing to hear this story." of course uh rookie sasaki is is the next great phenom and you know i don't just want to you know be too mlb centric and like rip all the great players from japanese and korean leagues away from those folks obviously uh that's not really fair but i i selfishly want uh, rookie over here in the majors. It'll be a while. Um, yeah. At best, it's going to be Otani style where he can maybe petition to, to leave at, I think, 24, 25, and he's 20 years old, so we're still talking four or five years. And then they would subject him to just getting the pool money, the international pool money, which is what Otani got. He left money on the table there by not getting posted, you know, three four years later. But realized rightly that hey when I become a superstar over there I'll get all that money back there's no problem we'll see what happens with Sasaki obviously um, doesn't have the the two-way aspect that Otani does but the pitching is just off the charts Uh, and it makes me want to follow him even though it is overseas and obviously the game times will be difficult to follow I'm keeping tabs on rookie Sasaki He's amazing and uh, I think he'll eventually matriculate over here to the states but it's going to be a while so if you want to watch him you got to follow closely uh, on the JPL which is the J- Japan Pacific League and by the way did you say Tadahito Aguchi the the former the former white Sox his manager mm-hmm That's what I said. That's really interesting. That's really, yeah. I mean, it's just a name I haven't thought about in a long time, but, uh, Tatahito Yep. That's exactly who his manager is. Yeah. He wasn't too bad. He came over. He was about a league average player for about 2000 plate appearances in his thirties. So, uh, you know, respect to uh, Tadahito. Yeah. Second baseman back in the day, Mm -hmm. played for the
1: White Sox, the Phillies, the Padres and the Phillies again, apparently which I did not remember oh, wow. that last. I did last not stretch. remember that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We're talking, we're talking did not like 2005, that. To 2008-ish. All right, your DFS plays of the day, and you already astutely pointed out there is a game at Coors, so it starts there.
4: There's a Game of Coors, of course, and so get anything you can there, uh, particularly with with the Phillies because they're facing Chad Cool and their lineup is amazing. Aaron Nola, we'll see. You know, obviously he's had his defensive issues there with the, with the team not supporting him all that well. Um, but I definitely want to get anybody over there. Be careful with White Sox, Cleveland, and Arizona, Washington. They have some big rain threats early on, so if you're going to put them in lineups, you got to watch that down to the wire. As far as players to go to uh, in the hitting realm, outside of Coors, of course, I like. Oakland has a sneaky play against Spencer Watkins. You know, they don't have a ton of guys that really jump off the page at you, but I'm a big Seth Brown fan. Sean Murphy's been hitting well. Maybe Tony Kemp atop the lineup. Don't love guys that aren't really going to hit homers like Tony Kemp, but I still like guys at the top of the order. Um, I don't know what's up with Kyle Hendricks. He had a great start to open the season, then went right back to the guy we saw last year against Pittsburgh. The problem is he lives on such a thin margin that I do think there's going to be more bad than good. So give me Rays. raise. Uh, I'm obviously primarily focused on Wander, Brandon Lau. Uh, Dodgers in Atlanta, obviously that's two quality teams facing each other, uh, with Kershaw going for the Dodgers. Hwaskar, you know it, not Nearly as good as Kershaw, obviously. So I'd focus more on Dodgers there, but I wouldn't be averse to sneaking in an Albies or O'Reilly if you want a little bit of a contrarian play. Not necessarily so much against Kershaw, but maybe maybe he goes short again. He's five six innings uh, with eighty, you know, probably going to get closer to ninety pitches this time around. But uh, I wouldn't be against that. And Nick Lodolo really struggled in his debut. I think he's going to be all right generally speaking, but if you wanted to play that, uh play that struggle and maybe he's not ready. If you think he's not, then you go for some padres there, including Austin Nola, Manny Machado, and Luke Voigt. All right, Paulie. We
1: appreciate it. Thank you so of much, course. man. We'll look for you at uh twitch.tv slash spore later tonight. I will be on later today. Thank
4: you so much, Gil. Take care. Paul Spore, everybody.
1: At Spore on Twitter at S P O R E R with all of his uh baseball tweets and beyond. Uh, Let me ask you this, Jeff. So let's say Corey Seager. I ask this selfishly because I have Corey Seager most home runs. I have Corey Seager MVP. The home runs one is with Jason. If Corey Seager ends up being an MVP candidate and it ends up being all things equal with whoever he's up against, and then we can add the sentence, and remember he was walked with the bases loaded, is that going to put him over the top? Barry Lamar Bonds-esque lore. No. Good answer. Uh, it's only been done twice before. <laughs> Jeff, you're like the butler on, uh, on uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You just walk in, get the scene, make the, make the comment, and walk off. Uh, it's only been t- done twice before. One was Buck Show Walter famously walking Barry Lamar Bonds with the bases loaded. But this was like the ninth inning of a game, right? To preserve a, a lead. Like, okay, well, well, we'd rather have Barry give us, you know, we'd rather walk him and take one run and still maintain the lead than have him go deep. And the only other time was Josh Hamilton got walked with the bases loaded. I want to say it was 2008. You know who the manager was in that Josh Hamilton game? Joe Madden. Well, what, what he was doing the other day up 3-2 to two in April, I have no idea. And again, I love Corey Seager as much as the next guy. Oh, you want to do some tennis picks? Let's do some tennis picks for today. So they're all over the place. It's all on clay, by the way. Clay everywhere. Two on the men's side. Two tournaments, that is, on the men's side on clay. Two on the ladies' side. This is all the run-up to Roland Garros in the French Open. Next month, the second major of the season. So it's all clay court season at this point. We have one play this morning and one that I thought was going to be this morning, but it turns out it's taking place tomorrow. So I already have a pick for tomorrow. I might have more picks tomorrow, but at least I have one. The one today is a big dog. We're taking Chloe Paquet plus 212 over Ludmila Samsonova. (laughs) I'm sure the names are wonderful. This one is in Stuttgart, Germany. You ever been to Stuttgart before, Jeff? Never been to Germany. Never been to Germany either. I haven't either. I think I just have trouble, like, I'm sure it's lovely and everything, but I, I would just have trouble being on the freeways and seeing, like, freeway signs that say, you know, the names of concentration camp cities, next exit, that kind of thing. Um, Chloe Paquet, plus 212 over Samsonova, is the play today. Uh, Again, clay court numbers, very favorable for Paquet, shouldn't be that big of a dog against Samsonova, so we're taking a flyer on Paquet, plus 212, that one is in Stuttgart. In Istanbul, in Turkey... My dad used to say it's the most beautiful city he's ever seen Istanbul. Tomorrow, uh, I have Serana Cerstea at minus 120 over Sasnovich. Really like the Cerstea play. She's up to minus 130 now, last I saw. I wouldn't go past minus 135 at the most on that. But who knows? Could come back down. We have 24 hours before that one is played. But Serana Cerstea is the play at minus 120. That's what I got it at. Still playable at its current number, last I saw it. That's tomorrow in Istanbul. Might be overnight. I haven't looked at the exact time, but it's not today anyway. Over Sasnovich. So no NFL draft props from you, Jeff. You betting any tennis? What are you betting these days, man? What's your story? What are you doing? Well, I'm
3: betting. Trying to just stay away from baseball. That's really (laughs) just the goal of it all at this point, Bill. That's the
1: whole thing, huh?
3: Yeah, I mean, again, it's to me, that is... Obviously, the grind of grinds, especially once we get past the NBA playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Which, by the way, the Stanley Cup playoffs starting a month later than usual, yeah, because of the Olympic break that never happened. That it's never happened ha- for us. Really, uh, really messing with my brain because I'm always ready for mid-April uh, hockey. Uh, I am betting some soccer, but not not a lot. Uh, what kind of soccer? Whatever, whatever, uh, whatever I'm, really? uh, whatever I'm, whatever I'm told to by people that know a little oh, more. than Oh, that's what you're doing. Yeah. I so gotcha. a little, a little following, a little tailing. Okay. Know. A
1: little tailing. All right. Might it be lady soccer?
3: Uh, no, oh, actually.
1: Okay. Just curious.
3: No, uh, no, 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 W, no WSL for me. I
1: was, tr- uh, no, I was no trying to telepathically figure out where you were going with which place. All right, we'll come back. Preston Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, the chairman of Crawley Town. You may know him as a guy who used to appear on this show all the time and on Daily Wager on ESPN. Oh, the things that have happened in his life. We check in with Preston next. Numbers Game Vista and the Sports Betting Network.
0: Gil Alexander on v the Sports Betting Network.
1: BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and Nationwide. BetMGM Rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. When you wager on the BetMGM app, sign up with BetMGM log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ladies and gentlemen, this fellow, about a year and a half ago, was just a normal bloke like you and I talking sports betting for a living. And now, well, he's the co-chairman of Crawley Town and the director and founder of Wagme United. Just your average ascent... In one's life. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, it's the great Preston Johnson. How you doing, Preston?
2: Good morning, Gil. Thanks for having me on, man. I
1: appreciate it. I appreciate you making the time, man. Let me just, I, I, I told you this via text yesterday, but I'll tell tell—I'll tell everybody. I spent a good portion of my Saturday night uh, watching you read mean tweets uh, and then watching <laughs> yeah. you do an interview where I thought you were just awesome. You were pitch perfect in Thank sort you. of voicing or sort of addressing, I should say, concerns of the fan base of Crawley Town. By the way, Crawley Town up 1-0. Is that what I'm seeing right here right now?
2: Yeah, we're sweating at 89th minute right now. I got it on my phone right in front. I was going to so go- be okay.
1: Yeah, that's my first question was going to be, are you paying attention <laughs> to this? Because if they win, if if y'all win this now, I have to say if you guys win, isn't this 3-0 and under your stewardship?
2: It would be. It was, it was interesting because we're in a spot prior to actually uh, acquiring the club where relegation risk was 0%. And the chance at promotion was like sub 1%. But if we go nine points in three games, uh, but there might actually be a run. It's still pretty unlikely, but it's at least something fun to root for.
1: Let me, let me just, so for the, let's put this into 30 seconds to a minute if we can, for those who are landing here for the first time and they're like, wait a minute, hold on. I remember Preston doing daily wager. I remember Preston coming on your show. Didn't you and Preston used to do like college football pods and stuff? Can you explain to people what has happened in that in, in in this short period of time for you?
2: sure. I mean the the nft web three slash crypto boom happened this this last year. and so i I was fortunate enough to start a and co-found another project uh, called Punk's Comic that was really successful and kind of parlayed uh, some of the networking and connections I made from that and just this idea that we can build these digital communities, not even just around like cartoon JPEGs, which we even make fun of ourselves sometimes like these little cartoon pictures, but like an actual professional sports club and football in, in England is just beautiful where you have promotion relegation. You can't tank at the end of the season like you do in the NBA. Uh, and so we have, you know, a real shot over X amount of years. We'll see what it is to, to make a run. And, you know, the dream one day is playing in the Premier League and we'll, we'll see if we can make it happen.
1: It's phenomenal. You're a League Two team, Crawley Town, and that is, in fact, the yep. dream to, to to get up to the Premier League. So let me let me let me start here, which is when I was watching you address the concerns of the Crawley Town fan base. This is a this is a organization, a club that has existed since the 19th century. So these fans are steeped in the tradition of their team. But here you are, the American. You and your partner, uh, Edmund Smith, who came in and. They were obviously they had their skepticism, and one of the things that you've done, which I find unbelievably smart and just remarkable, is you said, "Okay, look, we're 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 not we're here for the long haul. We're we're going to have this team for a long time. But if within two years, because you're the director, you and Evan are the are the directors, mm-hmm. if within two years you guys don't hit certain benchmarks." You will actually step down from the day to you'll you still own the team, but you'll step down, you guys, from the day-to-day operations of, of running things. That's that's a truism, yes?
2: It is, to, to some extent. We'll, we can run for re-election, but we'll let the community vote on who steps up. If they prefer us to stay, then that's fine, too. We may stay, but we'll at least be ready to step down if that's what everybody wants. And I, and I think it's important, and we've seen it in all sport, even in America, Like there's no ownership accountability and the the example i used in that q a Eben is from new york he's a big Knicks fan you have james dolan who runs the Knicks into mediocrity for 30 years Uh, but because he's rich and he's the owner like nothing happens right it's usually the scapegoat is the general manager the head coach and so uh, we kind of think that's bs like what why not And, and honestly it happens all the time in english football too where people will come in and say hey we're gonna go to the championship or the Premier League in five years. And I mean, there's no downside to saying that, right? There's no accountability. So uh, we thought it would be cool to implement here and put a little pressure on ourselves to wager our jobs on promotion in the next two seasons.
1: Yeah, forgive me. Yes, you you will leave it to vote. So even if you haven't, you know, if, even if you hadn't gone up, the, if, they, if they still like what you've done, they could vote you to remain as the day-to-day operations uh, exactly. guy. Okay, so I don't know if you've heard about this with the Cincinnati Reds, Preston. Phil Castellini, who is the son of the owner, was basically addressing fans who wanted the ownership to, to bounce, to sell, because you know they had traded Jesse Winker and uh, Eugenio Suarez. They basically gutted the team. This is a proud organization with a proud fan base of Cincinnati Reds. And he essentially said, he goes, where are you going to go? To the fan base where are where you guys oh, going to go so it's it, oh. it runs in complete contrast to that which is super refreshing man
2: what do you that's interesting i hadn't heard that and i haven't been following baseball much the last year or so so weren't that's like the opposite of weren't they like they're getting the driveline baseball guys in they were ready to yes make changes and so what give me the 30 seconds on what happened to the reds i
1: the can't year, i can't just. even give you the 30 seconds because i don't know i don't know oh. they did they just decided that they were going to retool i'm sure if joey vado plays well here before the trade deadline they'll probably bounce they'll him them too. off yeah. yeah so you know interesting it's they they decided to take that approach it's a very like strange oakland a's way of going about business for the reds this year um okay so you were met by skepticism i i thought your thing was brilliant you really addressed all the concerns you're like look uh, you know, they they were worried that this was going to, you know, you were purchasing it with NFT. That's not the case, technically, mm-hmm. at all. Um, you they were worried about the you know your background in soccer, they were worried, and you you handled it marvelously. Do you get the sense that that some of the sentiment has changed after you've directly addressed the fans?
2: It definitely has. I mean, outside of just responses and, and Twitter and stuff, but Discord and twitter dms from supporters over there that are local saying hey thanks for doing that q a we're really excited you calmed some of my nerves how can i get involved and how can we be a part of this and that was part of our our general ethos and message is we want the community to help us um you know make some of the the big picture decisions right not the everyday stuff that's not realistic but some of those big picture items and so uh, yeah to tell you the truth I was a little nervous before I knew it was going up on a Saturday morning but it goes up UK time and I was sleeping and I was like I woke up I think at 6am to see what the response was like because it was a lot different the week before alluding to your comments about you know and there's a lot of misinformation it's like hey we have these guys buying the club in crypto, and so they think their club's attached to this volatility of crypto, which just isn't the case. We bought it in fiat or cash. Uh, they think it's dependent on if we sell NFTs to their fans or not, and we're not even selling or forcing NFTs on the fans. We're doing something completely different, and so it was good to just clear some of those uh Debates up, and then you know, now we can move forward and, and, and do it together in unity as opposed to just this constant like online battle of people yelling at you.
1: Yeah, not, not forcing NFT on the fan base, bringing the NFT community perhaps to Crawley Town. By the way, congratulations, Crawley Town winner over Wilson, down. one nil thank you there you go baby um okay so there you go another win that i worked. mean can i can i
2: throw something at you please absolutely can, like, yes some some irony and hopefully this doesn't get a uh, too crazy we've been having operational calls every week uh isaac hutchinson he's a loan that we got january 31st he's the one that scored the goal to go up one zero threw up the w uh, yeah some of the consultants we're working with said hey Down the stretch here, since, you know, the playoffs still is kind of out of reach. Like, hey, can we see more Hutchinson? We'd like more data on him before we end up letting him go at the end of the season. Sure enough, he gets the start today and puts one in the back of the net. So that was actually pretty um, promising when the process, you actually see it come to fruition to some extent.
1: That's awesome. Preston, just personally, have you had a chance to just stop and just soak all of this in? Or is this just happening too fast?
2: It's happened crazily fast. So I think I mentioned it on that Q&A you listened to as well, but it was a whirlwind to even get the acquisition across the finish line and you want to breathe in and you realize it's just the starting line, right? You have to actually run a professional organization and you have to worry about the, the, on the pitch, on the field stuff and everything else. And then we're still trying to do, you know, stuff with the NFT web three audience here in the next month or so. So it's been um, this crazy kind of, I don't know, man. Well, hopefully we make it out. I'll, I'll say we just kind of, Uh, hired someone more full-time to come on and help us with some of the operations with the NFT crowd and Web3 stuff as we build to that. But uh, I am moving personally out in nine days to Crawley to be there for an extended period of time. So I'm going to be more in the thick of actual football and kind of how things are handled on that side locally. And then we'll have some others, you know, working with the Web3 audience.
1: Man, I'm sorry we have to go. Uh, I know you're moving out there for an extended period of time. I thought about you because Alex Caruso was having such a great game yesterday. Then I saw you tweeted about it. Like, imagine the Lakers let this. Can't believe that, man. (laughs) It's incredible. So
0: frustrating.
1: (laughs) Uh, Any thoughts on who you think's in the finals, real quick? Because we got to run. Suns are too good, man. But the Sixers. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Kalshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia Media does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com.